Good evening, friends on Facebook. How are we doing tonight? How is everyone? Hey. Welcome to another episode of Visibility and Connection. Visibility helps them find you. Connection makes them care. These are the two things that I think are the most important ingredients if you're trying to build a social media audience. That is why this is what I have named my podcast. That is why I've called it that, Visibility and Connection. That phrase actually was something I coined years ago, Visibility and Connection. Um, I used that same tagline when I used to have my content writing business um, where I would write copy. It is, I mean, I don't know, it it came from me originally, but it is a philosophy that I follow um, that visibility and connection are the two most vitally important ingredients of social media marketing, in my opinion, of content creation, of what we're all trying to do here, which is build relationships, relationship-based marketing through creation of content, through creation of value. At the end of the day, visibility is the ability to find you. So that's gonna include things like your SEO. Your search engine optimization comes into play. Obviously, if you are creating content, you want that content to be visible. And then connection, connection means how people feel about what you put out there, how they feel about you. Uh, I know authenticity, very buzzy right now, authenticity, that word, but I like to think about connection. Connection is the place where we meet. You might not be as passionate about the nerdy aspects of online marketing as I am, but my story might resonate with you or the way I talk or the way I do things. So there's so many layers of connection, but it's what's going to allow you to engage your audience. So visibility is the technical side of it is can they find you? Are you showing up in front of the right people? And connection is how do they feel about you when they do find you? Do you speak to them? And are you designing Are you designing your content? But are you designing your brand? Again, another buzzy word, your personal brand or your business brand to attract people in a and speak to them in a way that they understand because there's some people who really like a certain type of aesthetic. They like things very professional and polished and corporate and some people don't like that. Some people, you know, like this kind of casual approach. The sooner you realize that you're not gonna be everybody's cup of tea, the better off you're going to be. Hey, that rhymes, Um, but it's true. Chances are you're not gonna be everybody's cup of tea. You're not gonna be able to create a personal brand or a marketing, you know, a marketing plan, a marketing, you know, I don't know why I did this because a marketing plan is a good thing. Remove those finger quotations for those listening to the audio version. I just did finger quotations like it was 1995 where they really didn't even belong because a marketing plan is very important, but there's no way to create a, you know, one size fits all marketing plan. So instead, create something that you can live with that is authentic to you. I think that's what authenticity is really all about, is it's about not trying to fake it to please people. Instead, trying to like find the things about you that are unique and making those part of how you approach marketing. That would be my interpretation of what I think authenticity means in the marketing space. That's just coming from me, that's just my thoughts on it. Uh, But tonight we're gonna talk about community. So we're gonna talk about community because community and connection 
um, they go together and I think it's important that we start to have this conversation sooner rather than later uh, because I think most people one of the reasons why they actually fail at social media marketing is because they forget about the component of community and so we are going to talk about it we're going to talk about community building and being a leader and kind of the two the two things that I've seen um, this might be a little bit opinion based okay and I'm not here to hurt anybody's feelings I'm just gonna put out some food for thought I'm gonna look at we're gonna look at two examples of how people approach their social media communities and the one that I think <laughs> is the best way to go and where I found my success and in this I'll completely admit like it took me a long time to figure this out because and we've talked about this before but perfection is going to be the beast that we all have to tame the idea that we want everything to be perfect and polished and we want to have a perfectly curated online persona uh, a lot of people especially those of us who are entrepreneurs who are you know have a lot riding on this so we're trying to build a business we're trying to you know make ourselves known try to build a name for ourselves maybe become an influencer thought leader people if you're trying to do that, perfectionism is going to come into play because you're going to judge yourself for not being perfect. You're going to try to compare yourself to other people in that space and you might try to like mimic them so that gets into the shady area of like faked authenticity versus and people copying each other. Okay, that's another thing. Those are all things that are very real in the entrepreneurial world, especially the digital entrepreneurial world. Where everybody's trying to just carve out a little chunk for themselves in it. But the way where I'm going with this, let me let me back in, where I'm going with this is it took me a long time to figure out that that stuff doesn't matter as much as community and connection does. So today we're talking about community, we're talking about community and connection, we're talking about if you want to be a leader you need to lead and how you become a leader is by hosting and creating community, you're giving a platform to other people. It's not by being a fascist dictator or a self-appointed expert. And if you are going into the online space uh, and you're doing it just to elevate yourself, to try to find fans and people to you know, elevate your ego, you're probably getting into it for the wrong reasons. Now, like I said, I'm not here to hurt feelings. I'm not here to call anybody out. But I do think that this is a very common thing that people do is they think that if they have, you know, this omnipresence where they speaketh, you know, down to an audience where they deliver content in a way that they are up on their soapbox and speaking down to the minions, um, that that's the way to go about building an audience because I'm putting myself on a stage. The thing that I've learned, and this is where community comes in, is the way you create that energy behind you where people are elevating you up onto, you know, a platform is by being someone who doesn't mind mingling amongst the crowd. The way I'd like you to start thinking about it is your social media community that you are building is not you hosting an event where you are the expert up on the stage and people are paying a ticket price to come and hear you speak. I want you to start thinking about it like you are hosting a mixer or a networking event 
and you're inviting people to come and interact with each other. And all you're doing is creating an environment where they feel comfortable doing that, where they feel like someone is facilitating and supporting them. That's community building. Now, I hope, <laughs> I hope if you're listening right now, you've been doing it the other way. Like you've been kind of being like, well, you know, I'm gonna act like I am the expert, the guru, the celebrity on the stage, the person that is, you know, running the whole show. People are here to see if I act like that. That's how I will attract my social media audience. If this has been you, and this is the first time you've had it explained to you this way, then today's a good day to start trying to look at things maybe a little bit differently. I personally wish that somewhere in my journey from the first day I ever started to now, that somebody had been honest enough to tell me that, to tell me to put myself down on the ground with the people and not to try and put myself up in a position above people while trying to build an audience. If you see people doing that, that you are kind of like, well, I need to imitate what Gary Vee does. I need to imitate what Tony Robbins does, Amy Porterfield, Daniel Laporte, Rachel Hollis. I like to not drop the names for each niche and all these prototypes. Shailene Johnson, if you're in the MLM world. If you are looking at the way that they do things and you're thinking, well, if I just be like them, then people will naturally kind of get what it's all about and you know fall in line. You're, you're making one of the most common mistakes which is basically the whole self-appointed, self-appointed expert, self-appointed cult leader, self-appointed, you know, person ruling over a group of people, a group of ideas, trying to basically put themselves above everybody else and tell them how to think and how to live their lives. Whereas the reverse of that is let's come to the common ground of the community, let's build a community, and then if you want to be the leader, then you need to be the person who facilitates community. So if you see two people that need to be talking to each other, you go, you and you need to be introduced. And if you see something happening where you're like, hey, this is a cool thing that's happening here, let me create an environment where it can thrive and grow. That is community building, that is leadership, and that's how leaders become elevated where they get to speak on stages. Now in the social media world, that's how you build a following, by being a leader, by being someone in a community that is basically creating an environment for other people with similar interests to thrive, to meet each other, to network, to mingle, to let their guard down, to be their authentic selves. All of these things are super important if you're trying to create this atmosphere of community. Now, here's an example. If you don't believe me that this is true, here's an example. Uh, just yesterday, PewDiePie got, I think it was 10 million subscribers. I mean, 100 million. Was it 100 million? Was it not? I wish that I'd written this down because I'm fumbling. Um, but he's one of the biggest individual creators on YouTube. And as an independent, not a corporation, he has now surpassed everybody else. He's at the highest following you could possibly have on YouTube as an individual creator, not a corporation. Now, I'm not here to in any way like be like an advocate for PewDiePie. My husband and I, we watch his videos sometimes and we find them very comical. I know that people who aren't really familiar with him maybe have the wrong idea because of the mainstream controversies. But at the end of the day, let's commend the fact that he is the biggest creator on YouTube. He's the biggest creator, independent creator on the platform. 
But if you know one thing, <laughs> if you know one thing about PewDiePie, if you've seen his content at all, it's that he has a cult level fan following. He has people underneath him who love him and support him and are his fan base. Now the reason why I use PewDiePie as an example is first of all, he hit this huge milestone, so he's probably on your radar. You've probably heard about him even if you don't know anything about YouTube culture. But the reason I bring it up is if you watch any of his content, go pull him up right now, there's nothing perfectly polished. There are no sets. Sometimes he doesn't even have the best audio or video quality. A lot of his videos are him playing video games. A lot of things about it just don't make sense. And a person could dismiss that and say, well, children watch him, so they don't care about the quality of the content. But he recently debunked that, and there's ways to research that and debunk that, that his audience is actually, you know, young adults all the way up to, like, people his age, so in their 30s, also watching him, along with a lot of younger audience as well, but that's YouTube, right? So saturated with like younger people, young kids do watch a lot of YouTube, but his demographic is spread out. It's not for a specific age group. And there's no like super polish there, okay? It's not trying to look, you know, like a television show. It's not trying to up the production quality to be at the level that like maybe his his corporate counterparts with large followings are at. Not trying to compete in that way in, in any way. It's just authentic. It's just authentic, okay? It's just this guy talking, sharing things, and he's the biggest creator on the platform. But the reason why is if you go on Reddit, he has a huge Reddit following, okay? So he goes on Reddit, he actually interacts with his community on Reddit. So that's not even within YouTube, he's active within the community of Reddit. Also, if you look in the comments, he's again interacting with people in the comments, but they're interacting with each other. They have inside jokes. They have a community, okay? So the reason why I've gone on this tangent about PewDiePie right now is because if you're looking for an argument to say that, oh, that's not how it works, that's not what I've seen, Go check it out, okay? That is community. It is people, it's one individual with an amazing following of people because he has created a platform through Reddit, through YouTube, where people are comfortable interacting with each other, where there's a lot of inside jokes, where there's a lot of like relationships where people have met through him that enjoy his content. But it's not just that. It's people are not worshiping him. He is not a god to them. He's not an omnipresence. He's not speaking down to them. He is their friend and he's created this awesome networking event where they can all come to and be themselves. And that's community building and that's the essence of social media. Most people, here's another example. There's an Instagrammer that I really like. Her account is called Daddy Issues. She is a meme goddess and I believe she has over 4.1 million followers. In fact, I was just on there today, so I know that for a fact. So even if I quoted PewDiePie's numbers wrong, I know for a fact she's over 4 million. Just an Instagrammer, just for the longest time she built that following um, under like a fake name. So she only revealed herself as being a human being, not just a, a memer, like random meme comes from, where do memes come from? The meme tree. Uh, she revealed herself, I think her name is Violet Benson. Um, she revealed herself uh, to be an actual person, I think, when she got into the high millions of followers. She's like, ah, I am a person, I'm gonna monetize this. Uh, but for a long time, it was just this awesome meme account with the funniest memes around the idea of, you know, we're all a little bit broken, um, kind of like sad girl memes. Um, <laughs> I don't know how else to describe it, you know, like 
very, it's very authentic. It's very like the truth about all of us, um, specifically women, specifically young women in our like, I'm 30 now. But when I started following her, I was in my 20s and what she was talking about really resonated with me. And it has a massive following this Instagram account and it's memes, but it's not just memes. It is a culture. Okay, it's a culture. It is connection people find through these memes, through this content they are seeing. They're seeing themselves in the content that this person is producing and posting for them. They're seeing themselves. And because they see themselves, they feel that connection. And because of that, because there are many people coming across it and feeling that connection, it's creating that community. So I've just explained to you um, really some examples of what I would say are community building in social media at mass level that are not the conventional Tony Robin, Gary V, Rachel Hollis kind of examples. Um, I think that that's a very niche bubble that a lot of people think about, that they think they have to be part of, that they think that, that that's the world, that's social media, that's the whole thing, that's that's the gist of it. Um, but no, community building, like I said, Reddit, YouTube, Instagram, look at these communities, okay, that people are building, and that's where you should take inspiration from. Now, I myself have a Facebook group that I haven't really been promoting publicly to this particular audience, but you might be in there and that's how we are friends and connected, and that's my Riot Girl Rebirth Facebook group, and it is like a mommy group for kind of former emo punk alternative goth moms. It's not just a mom group, like it's not just, oh, you must be a mom to be in here. There's men in there, there's single people in there, like, but I have defined it as being a place for women to connect that don't feel like they fit in in other conventional communities. Uh, so it's fun and it's like a little bit, <laughs> it's a little bit edgy at times because none of us are perfectly polished. Um, I think we have some edges. Uh, a lot of us try to hide them to be like, present ourselves in our best light for the people on social media. But I know that's not me and for a long time I, did, I didn't know where I fit in. So I created this community based on that thought. Um, in February I started it. Uh, today, today we blew up a little bit. I think we added over 300 people in a day. So hello, new people, welcome. Um, but it's blowing up. People are inviting their friends. Um, it's growing quickly and it's my fastest growing social media project and it has nothing to do with marketing. It is really just, I'm hoping to create some kind of like alternative mommy culture uh, movement, women supporting each other towards their dreams, but just supporting each other in general through this Riot Girl rebirth. And it's about the rebirth of the Riot Girl um, because Riot Girl is like, well, it's trademarked first of all, but it's something that um, anybody who knows even like fringe mainstream punk should be at least familiar with the Riot Girl movement, which is um, women in the punk rock scene. Um, it's very feminist, it's very forward thinking, it's very accepting. Um, and so I, Riot Girl Rebirth is the rebirth of that and I'm excited for it, but I am using my own example, like my own thing as an example, because this is the first time where I've sat down to build something too that didn't have kind of like, <laughs> I'm gonna say this about myself, the slimy intent of making like money or like finding clients and customers. I created it solely because I wanted 
to speak to people who were more like me for once. I wanted to create kind of a place where I felt like I belonged because in the online entrepreneurship community, I've always felt like an oddball, like the weird one out. Like if I was in a networking event and there'd be the cool kids table and then like there'd be some place like outside behind the dumpster and I guess that's where I belong. Like that's kind of how I thought of myself in the online entrepreneurship world because I do memes and I'm a little bit rough around the edges. Um, not even just in my personal brand, but in my approach to things. Um, and so I never really felt like I fit in with the Instagram aesthetic. Like I'm not an aesthetic person. And I'm not saying like, oh, like in like, oh, everything around me is ugly. It's like, I don't, I don't think that that perfectly placing a coffee and then your laptop and then hovering it over it with the camera is a good investment of your time um, or energy and then trying to make that match your color grid. Like that stuff just no, not interests me. And every time that I've tried to fit into that world, especially with Instagram or just social media in general, or like, you know, the fake laugh with your salad, you're going out to get your branding photos. And so I never felt like that was me. So I created the Riot Girl Rebirth. So at least in one part of my life, I had a place where I felt like I fit in. But it's thriving and it's growing and it's this awesome, cool little community that now I'm nurturing <laughs> and giving kind of like love to. But that's just an example of my own life where I applied this without being this, you know, kind of like, oh, this is going to be a money making thing. Um, we sell little pins on there like we, no, me and my husband, if I can put them to work, sell little pins. I've got a few little items I put on the shop so that it could pay for itself because it, it did take some ad spend to build. But Enough about Riot Girl Rebirth. It's just one thing that I'm working on um, that has a community essence. If you want to see an example from me or you want to see an active example of this in the growing phase. But at the end of the day, from the strategic marketing standpoint, if you start to look at how you treat social media like this, like the networking event that it could potentially be, and the opportunity to be a liaison and connect people and bring people together. Or if you see someone with a cool business idea and be like, hey, maybe if we pair up and we put a package together that combines our two skills, like community building, but community building with the angle of profitability, profitability, that's a tricky word, profitability and entrepreneurship and supporting each other with similar missions. Because I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna get a little bit like, globally here <laughs> globally in the realm of facebook globally in the realm of this place that we are right now unless you're listening on podcast or youtube replay uh globally the way i look at it is i see everybody doing this mine 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 like oh like like on uh finding nemo the the seagulls mine mine and they get a little bit for themselves, they get a little bit for themselves, and they go, mine! And it's this, this obsession with the me, and the obsession with the everything that I have is so fragile that I can't possibly like let anybody else in, or share anything with anyone, and so fixated on our individual products and individual projects that we are not leaving any opportunity for community, because when we talk about these fascist Facebook groups, like nobody likes to go into a Facebook group and then be like, oh, the only person that's allowed to post is the admin. And I've explained you guys in other content why that doesn't work, why that actually is like gonna make your Facebook group a flop because they're designed to be um, <laughs> social media communities within 
like a social media community that's Facebook groups and that's just one example but even in the world of Instagram even in the world anywhere anywhere online you're gonna catch this where it's very like protective of the you know tiny amount of followers I have like don't you dare self promote don't you dare try to like you know call out what I've built for myself because it was such a struggle oh my goodness like this is such a thing okay this is what's going on so Sally has a Facebook group and it's like Oh, we're all spiritual entrepreneur goddesses. And then over here, there's, you know, Janice's Facebook group. And they are also, we are also spiritual entrepreneur goddesses who wear pink on Wednesdays. I don't know. Uh, just hear me out, guys. Like, <laughs> it's so similar. Like, why wouldn't Sally and Janice be like, let's collab and let's create a community so that we can all thrive. But instead, what usually happens is that person goes into like, protective mode and they treat it like you know I said their stage their soapbox and climb up on there and so there's not that collaboration and there's not that sense of you know like what I have is abundant <laughs> I mean if we want to talk about the spiritual what I have is abundant there's plenty of success to go around come on let me create some abundance for you and some more abundance for you and we'll have a lot of abundance because there means that there's a never-ending supply of success here and I don't know I feel like that's what's going on. I feel like there's a lack of community and a lack of focus on community building in social media, which is social networking, which is the very essence of it, supposed to be social. Are you guys with me on this? Has anybody else felt this and just not known how to articulate it because they see the problem, but they're like, I also don't want to be the person who's like pointing out this because I have my own thing. Like, it, rather than building individual websites, we were building websites that were like community-based like media hubs and um you know global markets where people could sell their products and creating groups and communities where people were you know shouting each other out and recommending each other services and products and it was more collaborative and it was more community focused and you know i put here amelia on my email list which i would do i would put more people on my email list i would love to promote more people i've got to the point where i'm like this is definitively the reason why a lot of people are struggling to get the leg up, the opportunities that used to exist is because everybody becomes so protective. Like if I had 100 email subscribers and you, Amelia, had 100 email subscribers and if I could convince 50 people from mine to go to you and you could convince 50 people from yours to go to mine, well, you'd have 150, I'd have 150. Like what's wrong with that? <laughs> Amelia says, um, I love you, Michelle. I really appreciate your authenticity. Oh, thank you. And I am wearing a Shopify hoodie. For those who are having the, the audio experience, I am wearing a Shopify hoodie today. Shout out to Shopify. They are pretty rad. Um, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. Everybody has to stop being so protective of the little bits that they have. And they need to start looking at community as being an important ingredient here. I do think that especially the more grassroots, so the people who are not at the level of the Rachel Hollis's of the world, um, they're a little bit confused because they're looking at Rachel Hollis and they're thinking, how the hell did she get there? But Rachel Hollis, if you connect the dots, is in the same circles as Oprah and Elizabeth Gilbert and Tony Robbins and they all have the same publicists and they do have community, okay? It's a millionaire's community. <laughs> it's a community of people that we don't necessarily have access to, but it exists. They have a community and they recommend each other's stuff and they put each other's stuff on, you know, blast and they network with, it, with each other to create 
more financial abundance, but I mean, energetic abundance is there in a way too. And it's because they understand something that us peons maybe don't, which is that like there is enough to go around and you are better together, you're stronger together, you're more resilient together, you can create communities with more longevity and meaning. Um, a lot of us have similar values and passions and reasons for doing what we're doing. And that's why community like should be an essential ingredient on everybody's marketing plan. How do I build my network? How do I increase community? How do I reach not just the people that I want to reach as far as customers, but also the people selling similar things as me? Because there should be two levels of your community. There should be the people that you see as your peers, and then there should be people who you see as your customers, but they are also your peers and you have things in common and you want to connect with them. So that's my thoughts for today. I hope it wasn't too meandering. Um, I did kind of get into what I think could be done here really is more connection, more connection, more community, more collaboration, more understanding that we are all chasing the same thing, which if you ask me what I think entrepreneurship is about, I think entrepreneurship, especially this passionpreneurship freedom movement of people wanting to turn their passions and the things that they feel um, really called to into businesses. I think that that itself is just a very attractive community of people. It comes from a like-mindedness to do more with our lives than just, you know, sit back at some nine to five job or to like, challenge ourselves to do more, achieve more, to serve more. We do talk a lot about serving. We talk about serving an audience um, serving an audience value does not mean I've declared this to be valuable. It means that something you do is seen as valuable to the people who it reaches. They decide if your content has value to them. So whether it is just a hilarious meme that we can all relate to, or like your novel of your philosophies on the meaning of life, it's the audience that determines whether or not that's valuable. And the same audience that loves that meme may not care for that book. So it's about the audience. It's about what they decide is valuable. It, it makes them the most essential ingredient to your possibility of being successful in the end. Community, okay? It's, it's key. And if any of you watch to the end and you're feeling this, like you're like, oh my god, she's on to something. Please DM me. Let's, let's nurture community somehow today. Um, let's encourage each other to nurture community and let's, you know, make this part of kind of like our overall practices and let's stop when you think you're not being scarce because you're, you know, I'm, I have worked on my money story. <laughs> I've worked on my money story. I'm not functioning in a, in a state of scarcity. That's what a lot of you will say. Um, but if you think you're not being scarce, but you're being protective of the small things that you've kind of clawed away and built for yourself, uh, I want you to think about that image. Uh, you guys have all seen it of people helping each other up one after the another. That's abundance. That's not functioning in scarcity. There's no fear there that because I've let you maybe go into my Facebook group and talk about what you do to help people, that that's going to take anything away from me. And so let's let's look at that. Let's Let's look at that as an idea. Let's put that out there. Um, thank you to everybody again who watched until the end. If you are interested, I don't really feel right plugging what I just launched on this, but I'm going to put it out there. The Visibility Accelerator door is now open. There are spots for everyone. Message me if you're interested in that. 
um, my visibility accelerator. If you'd like to get an affiliate link and just share what I'm doing, you can actually get paid to talk about visibility and connection. I'll explain how that works. Um, if you just enjoyed this and you're listening to it on Apple Podcasts, please just review it nicely. Like I know the production quality, you know, it all needs work. Okay, we're getting there. But just remember, it's a Facebook Live repurposed into an audio podcast. It's the best I can make it. I'm just one person. Be forgiving and give me five stars. Let's make this a thing. And then if you're listening or watching on YouTube, same deal. Just comment. Um, Subscribe if you want to see more similar stuff from me. Uh, Maybe share with a friend. I don't know. Just like let people know uh, that I'm out there. And, you know, I would do the same for you. I'm starting to look for guests. You want to be on here? You want to have a conversation? Uh, We can do that. Send me a message. Thank you so much to the people who watched till the end. Let me know what you thought of today's episode. Because I felt it. I felt it today. It was... I was... I was stewing on these thoughts all day. I feel good to get them out there into the world. I hope you guys have a great evening. Take care. We'll talk again soon. Bye.